You are tampering with forces you can't understand. We have major corporations sponsoring this event. You are tuned in to the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. Today's show is brought to you by Full Time Fantasy, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships. We're also a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? All right, welcome to the show today. We've got a good one. I'm Frank B, Fantasy Wire HQ. Thanks for jumping on today. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Wire HQ. Bookmark the website, fantasywirehq.com. I've just got the rankings updated for week three. We'll have the podcast there, projections, all kinds of good stuff. If you can subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you're listening to, that would be awesome. If you want to drop a review, that would be cool. The Quick Cast is designed to get you everything you need in under 30. It's no edit, freestyle podcast. I put it out there each week, just like we're hanging out talking football at the bar. So let's uh, get started with week three. Going to move through the week's game skid, profile some of these tough-to-decide-on players. I don't talk too much about the ones, the studs, you know, the guys you lock in every week, because most of the questions and conundrums come from these players where you're just like, ah, oh, this guy versus that guy. It comes down to matchup. It comes down to preference. It's all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot going on this week in that respect as well as injuries. So if you have any specific lineup questions, post them up on Twitter and then definitely tune in for Live Wire Sunday, two hours before kickoff. I do that every Sunday just to see what everybody's thinking, get some input, give you some advice. Let's jump to a quick fantasy nugget before we get started. Best advice I can give you this week, it's week three. We've had a crazy two weeks already. Don't panic. There's a lot going on in this fantasy landscape. And hashtag it because fantasy, because that's what it is. And if you if you don't know what that is, go back on the website, on the blogs, and check that article. But basically, it's just stuff you can only chalk up to the fantasy gods. So week one... You know, the studs kind of disappear. Some hit, some miss. Week two, it's bloodbath Sunday. Everybody's injured and out. Week three, now it's like, okay, are these guys I trust? He had a big game in, you know, week one. He fell off in week two or vice versa. Do I trust him this week? It's hard to say. My best advice is don't panic just yet. Don't cut half your roster just because one guy had a bad game. Don't go panic trading. Just hold still. Make a few moves. You got to make something. I I made moves across every league. Um, just one or two players though. I didn't go wild. There's there were players I wanted to get rid of or try to trade off. But hold, try to hold tight. My own advice for myself that I've got to rein in sometimes is I'll try to hold tight to week five. Week five is you're into the second quarter of the season. You kind of got a feel for things. So I'll reevaluate at that point. So enough about that. Let's get into these games. We're going to profile the wire watch games. Just a few that I profile each week on Twitter. I post ones that I've got my eye on. Some definite bangers this week for games. I cannot wait. You are looking live. Of course, I'm going to go with the Ravens and Chiefs, right? Right off the bat, my hometown Ravens, Chiefs. This is a week three game. It should probably be week eight or nine, a little later in the season when there's some juice 
more juice on the line. But early, I'll take it. It's at home in Baltimore. Fantasy-wise, you know who you're locking in on this game, right? But Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, I think for me, are the best ways that the Ravens could kind of steal this game at home just to keep possession, run that clock, keep uh, Mahomes off the field. You've got to exploit that Chiefs run defense with power and speed, a la what the Chargers did. I think that was a little bit of a blueprint. We'll see how that plays out. Marquise Brown, I've got him in a league. A lot of people are asking about him, too. He's averaging 12.15 fantasy points per game, right? But the Chiefs, they really do well at, at containing that big play. He, I don't know if he's going to take the top off this defense, or maybe he, he splashes. Maybe it's another 12-point, 10- or 12-point performance. He's going to get steady, I think, after this game. That's when he'll he'll start breaking out more. But other than that, yeah, everybody on the Chiefs, yeah, you're going to start Mahomes and CEH, all the, all the studs, Tyreek, of course. Keep an eye on Sammy Watkins. He's in concussion protocol, so you might get a look at Hardman or uh, Robinson in his absence. The next game would be the Packers and the Saints, the Sunday nighter, I believe. Aaron Jones, 312 yards from scrimmage. 54 more than any other running back. Kamara leads the backs with 17 targets. This is going to be a showcase of running backs, in my opinion. If you've got both of them, you're absolutely firing them up. But Emmanuel Sanders, so wasn't he supposed to take a, a good chunk of stuff off Mike Thomas's plate, right? Get get into his target share while Thomas sits out with the injury. But he was supposed to definitely be more valuable than what he's provided here. Instead, he's got one catch, three targets, Basically, he took a backseat to Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris. This game could be a shootout. The Packers have scored over 40 in two straight games. It's hard to trust Emmanuel Sanders if he's going to get coverage from Jair Alexander on the Packers. So Emmanuel Sanders, I'm going to I'm going to temper. I'm probably not going to start him. If I'm in a deep league, I'll throw him in a flex if, if it's my best possible option. But, man, I, I'd lean more for Traquan Smith. He fills in for Thomas Week two, um, I think he's the guy that, that Breeze is going to trust the most. And based on his performance in week two, he's going to get more work this week. Even if Michael Thomas plays, I think he's still going to get a feature. Alan Lazard and MVS on the Packers. I get tons of questions on these guys, right? I myself, I don't trust MVS yet. If you've got him, if you went and got him off waivers, you can use him. He's gonna he's gonna give you a dud. He's gonna lay you an egg. It's it it's inevitable. It's gonna happen. But until then, I'm gonna stick with him because he's been making big plays. He's had a few drops. Um, it's early though. That's Russ. They can get that out of there. But Alan Lazard, MVS, they are both the big play portions of the game plan against the the Saints secondary. If Devontae Adams plays or he doesn't play, I still like both of these guys. I just like Alan Lazard a little more. I trust him. MVS will give you your boom-bust kind of type play. Maybe he goes off two big grabs and then he'll disappear. Lazard, I think, for a PPR, he should see more more targets, especially without Adams. But Jared Cook, back to the Saints. He leads the team with 131 air yards. I've got no problem starting him this week. Absolutely, I'm going to slot him in there. That should be a a good game, but I see them more run-based with Kamara because the Packers cannot stop the run. They're lucky that Detroit kind of gave up on running the ball once uh, they threw their way to a, a lead, comfortable lead. You know, the Lions kind of forced to, to throw to get back in the game. But the next game up, 
the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I'm really looking forward to this game just for sheer numbers. Give me another, you know, 60, 70 plus over under here. Mike Davis for. Oh, I'm sorry, not Mike Davis. What am I talking about here? That's Panthers. Come on now. And we let him off the hook. Michael Gallup. Gallup here. That the matchup against the Seahawks, right? It sounds good for Gallup. His upside, though. Is cat because CD Lamb's breaking out. So five targets each of his first two games. I think you're gonna have to find another option other than Gallup. I'd go more for CD Lamb in this in this play here. Hopefully you've got one or the other or both. CD Lamb, though, he is killing it in that eleven personnel along with Amari Cooper. He's gonna be busy again this week. I love him. He's getting plenty of looks, plenty of trust. He has first hundred yard game. I think he can definitely get in for a touchdown or two this week here. DK Metcalf, yeah, you're definitely starting him. The Cowboys have allowed the eighth most points per game to receivers this year. I believe what we saw in Seattle on Sunday is pretty much what we're going to be seeing consistently throughout the season. And then Dalton Schultz, tight end for the Cowboys. I was wrong on him last week. I clowned on him a little bit because that one I truly never, ever would have saw coming. Dalton Schultz stepping on the scenes in Dallas to... uh, lay waste to the no way oh my good goodness gracious but his ability to man the double digit targets in cowboys in the cowboys offense to me is just not feasible i I can't see how that keeps going now is he going to be involved yes but there's too many mouths to feed they've got tons of good talent across the board um, not to mention, okay, Dak Prescott, 47 pass attempts in last week's game. That was his fifth highest total in a single game over the course of 69. So Schultz's opponents this week, you know, it's the Seahawks. They haven't really, if you look at it, they haven't allowed an opposing tight end this season to record more than five targets, three grabs, 38 yards, and six fantasy points. So if you're going to start them, I'd be expecting five to eight fantasy points Somewhere in that range would be my sweet spot. You are looking live. Now let's go to Thursday night football. Usually I'll lead with the Thursday night game, but it is Miami and Jacksonville. (laughs) But you've got the stash versus the beard. It doesn't get any better than that. Minshew scored... If look at Gardner Minshew, right? He scored just 1.6 fantasy points less than Mahomes and 1.2 more than Lamar Jackson. So whatever he did in the offseason to take this fantasy football serious, he went all in. <laughs> Minshew's played 16 games. He's thrown for more than 3,700 yards, 27 TDs, eight interceptions, run for more than 300. To me, that's a fantasy quarterback one. Matchup against the Dolphins looks like a good one to me. I'm going to plug him in there. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side. The Jags, who are third in the NFL with 602 passing yards, allowed through two games um, against the Bills. Fitzmagic, maybe Fitzmagic is back, right? At least through five weeks. He passed for 328 and two touchdowns, so I, I'm, I'm a believer in him this week. Breaking news. DJ Shark is out. So you're going to plug in Keelan Cole. He's he's available almost everywhere on waivers. If, if he hasn't been scooped up already, he he's still there. Go get him because he's got 50% more targets than any other Jacksonville receiver. He leads the team in targets with 12 through the first two weeks of play. 
finding the end zone. He's top 15 fantasy points on both outings. The Dolphins allow the third most points to opposing wideouts, including the 12 points to three separate Bills receivers in week two. So grab Cole, put him in there, flex play. If you if you're really needing him in a two spot, plug him in there. Mike Jacecki, I had concerns about how the, the new coaching staff was going to use this guy, right? After last year, I wasn't you know, too high on him. It looks like all systems go right now for this season. So I think the coaching staff is going to be wise to get him involved early and often in these games. I think he's a top 10 option this week. James Robinson for the Jags running back. NFL's eighth leading rusher through the first two weeks. Fresh off his first 100-yard career game. 14th highest scoring fantasy player at the position. So interesting stuff there. I think those numbers against the Dolphins team that allows an average of 164 rushing yards a game, fourth most in the NFL is a good thing. He'll be just fine this week. I've got him in two leagues, and I am firing him up absolutely. Awesome. The Bears and the Falcons. Calvin Ridley, 732 receiving yards in eight games he's played since the Falcons got rid of Mohamed Sanu. Ridley's a lock. Russell Gage, two weeks down, 21 targets later, ninth most in the NFL. Awesome. He is the man. You got to hopefully pick him up. If you haven't got him off of waivers, go grab him. You got to add him. Mitch Trubisky, he's averaged nearly 20 points per game right? Greeted with a nice matchup against Atlanta. I don't know why he wouldn't veer off that path against the Falcons here. No defense has allowed more points to quarterbacks than the Falcons this year. Each of their first two, 30 plus points scoring and four touchdowns. (laughs) It's Mitch. Most people, if you're in a deep league, if you're in a super flex, throw throw all old troops in there. Anthony Miller, he was a guy I was high on too. Where is he? Come on, man. Anthony Miller, he was blanked. Goose egg last week. Bears didn't really throw enough, in my opinion. He's going to need to to wing it this, this game against the Falcons. I think Miller gets back in the mix there. Probably a flex play. Hayden Hurst, the Bears are struggling to cover tight ends down the middle of the field. They always do in general. I like Hayden Hurst quite a bit this week as well. I'm going to fire him up. Next up, I'm going to go Rams and Bills here. Darrell Henderson running back for the Rams. Last week, it was Malcolm Brown. He was the hot pickup. You know, everybody's after him. This week, it's Henderson. Right now, he looks like the most explosive option in that backfield. I think he's worth adding if you can get him there if you need a running back. Josh Allen on the Bills. He's completed 70% of his passes this week. It's a massive test. We'll see how much that had to do with his opponents or if it's, you know, real deal because he's going to face Jalen Ramsey in coverage. The Rams are they're not they're not bad in, you know, the backfield there. Jared Goff only once in the past 14 games at Bill Stadium has an opposing quarterback thrown for more than one touchdown. None have topped 282 passing yards. Goff is a sit. He's cold. Stefan Diggs Coming off a tremendous game against the Miami secondary, right? But who wouldn't be? Um, things look a little more difficult here. Like I said, they got he's going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. So in the past, 
If you remember back, Ramsey called Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen trash. Remember that a while back? I think that's got a little juice in this matchup. I still like Diggs. I just don't know. You know, I'm not going to expect too much out of him, but we'll see how that this one plays out. This is going to be a good game. I'm pretty excited to see this one. The Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns. Stat of the day, Terry McLaurin leads receivers with 111 yards after reception. He is a machine. I love this guy. Fire him up without a doubt. Dwayne Haskins, he's top 30 pass attempts in in his first two weeks. I think that trend continues against the Seahawks. They've had more passes attempted on that defense than the Browns have this season. Opposing quarterbacks are averaging 26 0.15 fantasy points against Cleveland. That's fourth most in the NFL. I do like Haskins. He's got some escapability. He can buy some, some extra yardage with his feet. Antonio Gibson, my opinion, he's the best running back for that team. It's not even close. It was good to see his playing time increase. He had 65% of the snaps compared to just 26% in week one. Better days are definitely ahead. I love this guy down the road. Rest of the season. I just don't really like him too much this week against the Browns. The run defense for the Browns has been good enough. I mean, they had Baltimore, they had Cincinnati, but go back to that Washington side. The offensive line is going to be without right guard Brandon Scherf. That's a that you leave, you lose players that are in the trenches blowing up holes, taking on blockers. That has an effect. So I don't know how it plays out this week, but I'm going to kind of keep Gibson on the bench if I can. If I need to play him in a deep league, it's a flex play or something, you know, just I'm not expecting much, but I do love him rest of season. Logan Thomas, tight end, nine targets against the Cardinals. Just couldn't get, you know, couldn't get paid dirt there. The Browns are having major tight end coverage issues. I think he's worth a shot for another trip to the end zone this week. Kareem Hunt, I love Kareem Hunt. He's 12, his 12 total touches in each game, averaging six and a half points per game for fantasy you got to love them this week i know the washington line is tough they're getting a lot of run um the trenches there they're they're you start in the trenches you build that d line and you work back that's what washington looks to be doing i like kareem hunt catching stuff out of the backfield this week he'll get some rush yards but i think he's more of a ppr play there baker mayfield it like i said it's gonna hopefully be a heavy run game if they can get it done they're gonna stick with it if they can't he may have a decent day, but I like Baker Mayfield in like a super flex league only. That's the only spot I'm going to play him in. The Titans and the Vikings. I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you right now, that Vikings team, man, who are you Who are you locking in? Adam Thielen, I guess, right? Dalvin Cook. That's it. Outside of that, not, there's not much to talk about there. But for the Titans, Corey Davis, he was a disappointment in week two. I mean, he scored a touchdown, but I think most people were kind of really thinking he was going to go off. I'm still going to start him as long as A.J. Brown is out. Maybe a week or two longer. We'll see how that goes. Jonu Smith, injury update here. I think I saw him on there with an ankle or something. Keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't end up, you know, not playing here. He should he should be all right, but keep an eye on that. Jonu Smith's ranking top 11 in his, his position in receptions at 11th, receiving yards at 8th, and touchdowns first. So A.J. Brown's week three playing status, still up in the air. I don't think he will play, but it's still uh, he still could. I'd expect Jonu Smith to remain really, really a, a focus in this offense. It's, it's an underappreciated 
passing attack. You could definitely say that. Ryan Tannehill, everybody piles on him, but Minnesota allows an average of 21 points to quarterbacks. He's scored 22 against the Broncos in week one and then dropped 34 against the Jags. And that's without A.J. Brown. So, I mean, he's made 12 starts for the Titans going back to last season. He scored at least 21 in 11 of them. So I'm, I'm firing up Tannehill on a super flex. If he's my only quarterback, I don't think a lot of people drafted him, obviously, high or at all. If he's the only guy, I'll play him. But super flex, definitely, definitely lock him in. You are looking live. The NFC, the Niners and the Giants. They used to have some good rivalries playoff postseason games back in the day. Deion Lewis for the Giants. So Barkley's out. Everybody's going, who, who's the, the back for the Giants? They just signed Freeman. They got Deion Lewis. Gallman. To me, Deion Lewis is like a, a PPR only kind of flex play. I don't think he's going to help you more than a week or two. Devontae Freeman bringing him on tells you all you need to know is, you know, about how the Giants feel about that backfield. So Freeman could get some play here. I just don't know what to expect. And if if I don't know what to expect, typically I don't feel good about putting the guy in my lineup, even at a flex or a super deep league. If there's somebody else just for a week to make sure you could do that. If you're desperate, put him in there. But I, I wouldn't, I just don't know what to expect for him. So I think Deion Lewis, he's got the best chance of turning into like a 15 touch back. If, if he doesn't have a starter coming back to claim the job, now that Freeman's there, it's a it's a committee almost. Maybe it's like a James White, Sony Michelle kind of thing. It's hard to say. You, we got to let a couple weeks go by and see how this plays out. On the Niners side of the ball, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, they've got running back issues of their own. Any running back in that Niners system, though, they've got value. So um, it's possible Jeff Wilson gets more carries, but McKinnon's got the valuable, you know, the value to me. He's more valuable on the PPR leagues. So it's it's a tough call there. At tight end, Kittle should play. Jordan Reed is really only in play if he if Kittle can't go. If, I mean, if he can't, you're going to fire Reed up. I think he's a must start, but you really got to pay attention to that before uh, kickoff here. Daniel Jones, he's not going to have Saquon Barkley. Sterling Shepard's out. I don't think he holds any value this week. Evan Ingram, I have him in a league. I don't like playing him. Tough matchup. The Niners have allowed just three receptions on eight targets to tight ends this year, so... Even with Engram kind of disappointing you in week one, two, I don't, I'm don't. i not even going to play him this week if I don't have to. Next game on the docket, the Texans and the Steelers, 31%. That's a third of Ben Roethlisberger's passes have gone to Deion Johnson, Deontay Johnson. That makes him a must-start for me. I think it's a problem for Juju Smith-Schuster. I still like Juju. I'm team Juju, but, man, that's... Deion, he's going to ride the hot hand right now. It's Johnson, so keep rolling him out in your fantasy leagues as a flex, at a wide receiver three. Lock him in there. James Conner, what we saw in week two against Denver, I'm hoping that's the Conner that we see all season. He dominated the touches ahead of Benny Snell. Conner finished with 16 for 106 and a touchdown, two catches for 15. I'm going to fire him up. Not scared. Will Fuller, he played 63% of the Texans' offensive snaps in week one. And somehow saw zero targets here. Zero. Goose egg. Goose egg. He goes. No, 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 no. He's not gone yet. Don't don't get rid of him yet. It's one bad week. Watch the injury report to see if his hamstring tweak is more serious than reported. Then, then make a decision. So Jordan Aikens, tight end here. He's run 73 routes this year. 
only Travis Kelsey, Engram, Ertz have run more. So I, I do like Aikens in a at a tight end play there, deep league. You are looking live. The Bengals and the Eagles. So 21%, more than a fifth of Joe Burrow's passes have gone to tight ends this year. Huge opportunity for Drew Sample with CJ Uzuma out for the year. I hope you guys got Drew Sample off waivers. Hopefully, he. I, I kind of feel like he was one of the most overlooked waiver ads this week. And if you got him, good for you. Good job. Good job. Because Sample, I think, is Burrow's safety valve. He's, he's going to do good things here the rest of the season. A.J. Green, I can't stay away from the 11 targets per game at his price. The Bengals should be chasing points, right, against the Eagles. I think they, they very well would be. I think it means 40-plus pass attempts for Burrow. A.J. Green has got to knock the rust off and get in the swing here. Otherwise, it's Tyler Boyd. Boyd's locked in, I think, is his go-to guy. I think he sees good volume in this game. Middle of the field is where he shines, and that's where the Eagles struggle in coverage. Miles Sanders, 20 carries, 7 targets in the season debut. Now he's got the Bengals' defense that just surrendered 234 and 4 touchdowns to Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So lock up Sanders. Drew Sample, we just talked about him, but he should get a good workload in that offense moving forward. The Eagles have allowed the fourth most points to tight ends this season. No opposing starter has ranked outside the top seven scorers at the position. So fire up Sample. Dallas Geidert, he's leading the Eagles with 17 targets. Ertz is third on the team with 14. I love Geidert. I, I have both in one league, and my... I really don't know if I should bench Ertz for Geidert. It's I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to decide that early, or it's probably going to be a game time, game day decision because I can't, it, visually, I don't want to pull Ertz and put Geidert, but the numbers speak for themselves. So we will see. Ooh, here we go. Let's jump to the Raiders and the Patriots and Keel Harry. Harry's got as many targets as Julian Edelman through two weeks, and he's made some pretty impressive plays, I thought, in primetime against Seattle. So he profiles as the best red zone option to me in that Patriots offense. If if they stop running Cam Newton in most of those situations and just have him throw deep, I think Harry's your guy. Darren Waller, we watched what he did against the Saints. He was unbelievable. I love Waller. He's dominating the targets more than he did in 19 right now. Not really a great matchup. But the Raiders do a good job of moving him around that offense and around the field and, and scheming him open. I do have confidence they will get him freed up and he should have a good day. Cam Newton averaging 8.7 yards per pass attempt. That's pretty nice. He showed a Sunday night. that is Cam Newton back as a, a pocket passer too? Is he is he back? I th- it looks like it. Let's see what he does against the Raiders here. Sony and James White. The Raiders are having trouble with power run games and good receiving backs, and that's just what the Patriots have right there. They they could have a sneaky game. That, that's a kind of a sleeper status pick there. We'll see what happens. But I know anytime you say Sony Michelle for the for the Patriots. <laughs> yes. And then the speaking of uh, the Jets and the Colts, the Jets are horrendous. I I'll get one of these fantasy guys out of the way. Chris Herndon, right? Remember his breakout season hype? Twitter, it took it took my thumbs all they had not to just blow back on every post hyping Chris Herndon. But have you heard anything 
about him since that hype? I I haven't. I'm not starting him anywhere. For the Colts, Mo Ali Cox, keep an eye on him. If Jack Doyle is not playing, I'm plugging in Cox there. He's got 20, averaging 20 yards per reception. Who knows if it holds up? I mean, he's the only only player on that Colts team really having success downfield, so I do like him. Michael Pittman, he showed some signs of life. Caught four of six for 37. Paris Campbell out with the knee. I think Pittman can see steady targets again this week against the Jets. The Jets can't cover anybody. They can't cover backs, receivers, anybody. So I'm going to fire up Pittman too. Jonathan Taylor, to me, this is a dream matchup, right? The Jets defense just allowed Mostert and McKinnon to torch them this past Sunday to 169 combined rushing yards and two TDs. This is the stat of the day. 15.4 yards per carry. Oh my goodness gracious. You got to fire up Taylor and Hines. I know Hines disappeared. It's part of the game script maybe, depending on what that team's doing. He's going to be involved or he's not going to be involved to an extent. I like both of them. I'm taking them both. Frank Gore, back on the Jets side. I mean, the Colts defense... They've been playing lights out against running backs. They've allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards in the NFL, fifth fewest fantasy points to the position. I think the Jets moving forward, it's going to be Gore, Balage, and Perrine. They're going to get rotated in there. Adam Gase is a goof. We don't know what he does offensively, his game plans and everything. So Jets, hopefully you've stayed away from them as a fantasy option, probably other than Jamison Crowder for the most part. But if you if you're a Gore holder there if he's on your teams any of your teams that that's kind of what to expect moving forward in my opinion you are looking live the panthers and the chargers we can go back to my little screw up here when i put mike davis with the dallas seattle game mike mike davis i mean he's listed as the primary backup he caught eight passes in relief last week keep i'm not going to expect much i i just don't know with this guy the chargers are tough. They got a, a defensive front. You got Bosa, Ingram, um, Joseph. I don't know how much they're going to force the issue with the run game. I think he catches more out of the backfield this week, so I like him in PPR. DJ Moore, this is a pretty tough matchup too. He had a tough one against Tampa Bay, but I mean, he's the number one receiver there with McCaffrey out. He's got to be the number one option across that offense. So I expect his target share, he's got to get locked in at least close to 30% or more. Samuel Curtis Samuel should be involved more as well. I know the offensive coordinator has been stomping for him to to be a big bigger part of that offense. And I think without McCaffrey, he's going to get an uptick in targets. I just don't know how much yet. Um, Justin Herbert for the Chargers side. Anthony Lynn says he's going back to Tyrod Taylor when he's healthy. Okay, sh- sure he is, sure he is. The, uh, the rookie quarterback, man... I really liked what I saw against the Chiefs. I thought he did good. He, he, he'll he sling it. He had, I thought he adjusted pretty good after halftime when Spagnolo was really forcing blitzes on him, making him scramble. Now, he's going to throw you some picks, I'd assume, but against this Carolina defense, I'm loving him this week. I'm drooling. I think he's got a great matchup. Absolutely plug him in. Josh Kelly for the Chargers. He's carried the ball 35 times. Over the past two weeks, averaging 12 points per game, the Panthers allow an absurd 46 points per game to opposing running backs. I'm going to lock up Kelly. If you don't have Eckler and you have Kelly, I have Kelly in one league. I'm firing him up without a doubt. I love him this week.
the Tampa Bay Gronkineers and the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Leonard Fournette. So is he taking over the backfield for Tampa? Are you convinced? Do you believe? To me, it looks that way. He played 42% of the snaps compared to 34 for Ronald Jones. Fournette was more productive. 12 carries, 103, two touchdowns, and four catches for 13. He's going to get acclimated into that offense a little bit more. I like him a lot. K.J. Hamler, I don't want to start him in week three. So we know Sutton, Cortland Sutton's got the shoulder injury and all that stuff. I like K.J. Hamler. I picked him up in three leagues. I just don't want to start him in week three with a backup quarterback in Tampa Bay on the docket here. I'm going to stash him, and I think he's going to get involved a lot more in a couple weeks. Hamler played 62% of the offensive snaps. He had seven targets in week two against the Steelers. And Jerry Judy, I think both of those guys are are some uh, steady options in that offense moving forward. We're going to see what Blake Bortles, I think they brought Blake Bortles on there and Driscoll, right? We'll see how the quarterback situation plays out and when Drew Locke comes back, hopefully. But I do like Hamler moving forward. And Jerry Judy, like I said, he's got a kind of a limited ceiling, I think. But I, I do like his share of the targets here from Driscoll with no Sutton. I mean, there's going to be garbage time passes and TDs in there. So I like both of those guys. Noah Fant, I think he's the clear go-to guy for Driscoll just from what I saw after that game. We'll see what he does. Gronk, what did, what did I read today? They said Gronk, Arians sees Gronk more of a as a blocker? Okay. O.J. Howard, that committee, the Gronk and the O.J. Howard tight end, Tampa tight end committee, that's worse than I ever dreamed it would be. I'm staying far the hell away from that. Absolutely. Detroit and the Arizona Cardinals. Matt Stafford. Is this guy going to get Kenny Galladay back anytime this year? God, I hope so, right? If Galladay plays, I still like him. I just don't know what to expect with his injury either. Because now, I mean, have did week two put the fear of God into you guys with injuries and all this stuff now? Because now I'm looking at players like, oh, I don't know if I like him because he's going to get injured. This is just, it's such a, ah, it's not a good situation here. But if Galladay's back, I'm going to play him. Roll the dice, right? He should be chasing the scoreboard against the Cardinals offense. Adrian Peterson, he was the number three back in week two for the Lions at Green Bay. If you base it on the snap count, he played behind Swift and on Johnson, and he wasn't bad with seven carries, 41 yards, but that he's he is not going to have enough of a workload to keep the ball out of Kyler Murray's hands and the explosive plays that the Cardinals run. So any kind of running back for Detroit, I'm going to bench. Swift maybe for PPR, he's fine. TJ Hawkinson, though, he's been hot. And if you go back to his rookie season, the Cardinals were that first week one team out of the gate that he lit up and that took that hype train, put some nitrous on it, turbo, and just shot that thing down the tracks. And it's still, we're still waiting for that sub nine second quarter mile finish. I'm still waiting. Um, After him, Kenyon Drake for the Cards. I don't think he's really been the stud that he was last year, but I think he gets a matchup this week against the Lions. I mean, they've got the worst run defense in the NFL entering week three. I think Drake could have a big day. I still like him. I've got him in two leagues, and I'm still playing him. I I haven't pulled him off my starter. He's a a set and forget right now. So I like Drake this week. I think he can have a, a huge game as well. And that does it for the game previews. That's going to wrap up this week's NFL slate. Good luck to all of you. 
in your fantasy matchups. And please, please, please tag those players that bust or do the opposite with a hashtag because fantasy hit me in it. I want to know because it cracks me up when it keeps you from getting pissed, right? We all get fired up and upset, but if I can catch a because fantasy over it, it'll make me laugh or crack a Dwight Schrute peeking through the blind smile at least. So stay tuned for the next episode. And until then... Yeah, all right, this press conference is over. Go away. I no, it's over, pal. Well, it's over. <laughs>